and welcome to episode 30. Oh my, what a wonderful birdie, it's 30 of Sports Bar Talk. We all care, we got through 2020 and it's 2021. Well, maybe, it's the 30, it could be the 39th day, it could be January 39th, 2020. Um, if you're basing it on other events that have happened, I am hoping that this can be a little distraction from the events of this week uh, in our world, in basically. But uh, some good news. There is a ton of football for your viewing pleasure this weekend. We have six NFL playoff games. Yes, six wildcard playoff games as, comp- as opposed to in the past it would be normally four because this is as the NFL is branding it Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh I can't wait to see what the third game on each day means. We'll go back to the traditional four game slate per week on NFL playoffs next week. But because the NFL expanded the playoffs to include an extra team, they get rid of one of the buys and make an extra game. So you're going to have free games on Saturday, free games on Sunday. We're going to pick all those games here in a minute. And then on Monday night, you have the college football playoff national championship game. Yes, we got to this point. I do believe, though, however, this whoever wins on Monday night will have an asterisk next to their name because this season, in my I didn't really enjoy college football this season like normally. And I don't know if it was games getting postponed left and right. I think there's a combination Games getting postponed, canceled left and right. Uh, you had, you know, some teams played five games, some teams played two, some teams, they got a full slate of games in like 12 or 13 games, like Alabama. Uh, you also had players opting out left and right. You also, you know, we just it was a combination of things. Maybe it was no crowd, no packed stadiums, you know, the pageantry wasn't there. It... It just did not feel like college football this season. I mean, in my opinion, it was a waste. You know, I've said from the get-go, college sports this season is not a great idea with the pandemic. You know, these kids are going to their classes, some in person, these athletes, and they're with they're mixing in with the rest of campus. I And even we thought maybe, oh, cases would go down, there'll be more of a bubble with kids going on winter break. Not really the case. We're still seeing games getting postponed, and maybe that's because coaches and outside staffers are coming in from the public. So, in my opinion, collegiate sports this year, not just college football, but also basketball, and the schools that decided to have all their collegiate sports, soccer, whatever, I think it's just been a, genu- a general waste this year, you know? Just what good is there when you... It's just money. It's money. It's the big colleges wanting to get money to survive, and if they can't have a full season... They have to cut athletic programs, and they don't want to do that because then the schools might go and shambles the academics because a lot of these big SEC schools and whatnot in these schools, Division One schools, rely on college athletics as the big money makers for the school. And one thing I read uh, when college, when we were talking about college football being a bad idea, was a lot of these big major colleges, especially down in the SEC, are just professional football teams that teach classes as a side job. Um, and that's generally what it is. Like, all these colleges do to cater to the student experience is football. 
you know, during the fall. They always are promoting these the football team and pep rallies and then the games and whatnot. And it's really, they it's like 80% of the college experience I read is these football games. So it's really just a pro football team, a semi-pro football team, I'll say, not pro. That they, they just teach classes as a side job, you know? And that's what it is. It's sad. But enough of my rant. College sports has been a waste. But we do have to give credit where credit is due to the ends. I guess we could say the NCAA, the various conferences. Um, they got to the, they're, they've gotten this far. There's one more game to go um, in the college football season. Got to give them credit, you know. Um, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, they started end of September they and they were able the the I don't know if you know this is trend, but in when the leagues that started in September, they were able to make way to postpone these games to get them to play later in December. Big Ten, they screwed up big time canc canceling then reversing course because they didn't have wiggle room. That's why you're seeing this is going to be Ohio State's sixth or seventh game this season. They only played like four regular season games, but they met the minimum requirements for the playoff. But we'll get to that. Let's pick the NFL, however. As a reminder, the new way we're picking games, I'll give you the uh, over-under and the point spread just so we know where we're at total-wise. Could this be a shootout? Are we seeing maybe a potential for a blowout? Um, could it be a closer game? Um, we'll see. So let's start. We're going to go in order. We're not going to go in the, my opinion, of best game with the most implications. We're just going to go in the order of the time slots. So, let's start. 1.05 Eastern Time. This will be on your local CBS station. The Indianapolis Colts. The AFC South runner-up Indianapolis Colts will travel to Buffalo where Bills Mafia, at least 6,000 of them, will be in attendance. The Buffalo Bills. Bills right now are the six and a half point favorites. The over/under is set at fifty-one. Yes, there will be fans in the stands. I am kind of surprised Governor Cuomo is allowing this, um, but if he feels it's safe, I feels it. I feel it's safe. Sounds like I believe it's six thousand fans. They're all going to be tested. Uh, I believe today they'll all be tested. Um, masks at all times in the stadium. I know Cuomo actually is a Bills fan, so. When, uh, I, I'll quickly let's sidetrack, I watched his briefings a lot, uh, during the summer when COVID was still, was, we were, we're, we're still worried about it. We're probably, a lot of health leaders are more worried now, but when we were starting to ease a little bit in the summertime, I know when he opened, uh, he allowed, he allowed pro sports to reopen in New York. Great state, by the way. It's my favorite state other than Pennsylvania, um. He said, I'm looking forward to watching my Buffalo Bills this season. So, but this will be a, so this, even with 6,000 fans, Bills fans, in my opinion, might be the best fan base in football, um, other than Steelers fans. Um, with 6,000 raucous Bills fans, it's still going to be tough for the Colts. You know, a lot of people think this could be the last game for Phillip Rivers. Is he going to retire? Could the Colts maybe trade for Carson Wentz in Philly? I could tell you Wentz might be a good fit in Philly in Indianapolis because during Wentz's 
breakout season back in 2017, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. I think it's an extreme possibility. There's reports inside Eagles sources that Wentz wants to play in Indianapolis. We'll see. But the Bills, Josh Allen, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers having a dynamite season, this guy might be an MVP consideration. Um... He's got some great weapons to throw to. Stephon Diggs, who I think changed this team. I think if they don't have Stephon Diggs, they're probably the free or the four seed right now because Stephon Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in football right now. And, you know, he he, he has some good luck in the playoffs. He caught the mini. He had the Minneapolis miracle touchdown against the Saints when in his time in Minnesota. Um, you got Stephon Diggs, former Dallas Cowboy Cole Beasley. Um... Gabriel Davis is a young up-and-coming receiver. He's made a difference in some couple games. Um, they have two tight ends, Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft. I believe Dawson Knox is on the COVID list, um, so he will be out. Um, defense, former Penn I believe he's a former Penn State grad. I, I need to shout out the Penn State grads that are playing in this game because um, we have Penn State alums who listen to this faithfully. Um Oh, no, he didn't. Matt Milano, I was going to say, Penn State grad. He went to Boston College. My apologies. Um, Whatever. <laughs> Probably good he went to the ACC. Boston College, you know, they struggle with football. Um, But back to the game at hand, you know, Bill's defense is pretty good. You know, you have Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Jordan Poyer in the secondary. They can easily intercept passes when they need to. Um. And on the Colts side of the ball, you know, T.Y. Hilton these past couple weeks, T.Y. Hilton's really been a not good as a receiver for like the first 13 or 14 weeks of the season. Then once we get to the final couple games of the regular season, he looks like the T.Y. Hilton we've all grown accustomed to loving. Um, they also have Zach Pascal. Um, who else? They, they have tight end Mo Alley-Cox. is uh, one of the tight ends. They have a couple tight ends. But Mo Alley-Cox... Um, that name I bring up specifically, and this is not a football note, he played college basketball at Virginia Commonwealth University. And if you know about anything about college basketball, VCU is one of the better mid-major programs in the country. Mo Cox was a forward for them. I got to see him play in his college basketball career in about 2015 when he was playing for VCU. They played Duke at beautiful Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. So, he was a good basketball player, and he had no, I don't, I think he played high school football, but he, I don't know how he got into the league, because he didn't play any college football. Um, how he got into the league, you'll have to Google that. Uh, but, he, he's, he'll, you'll get an occasional catch or two out of him. Jack Doyle is a really good tight end. Also, you, you also have Trey Burton, I think he's still... With the Colts, yes, he is. Trey Burton, you may remember him, Eagles fans. The the uh, Philly special, he was the one that threw it to Foles in the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I like Buffalo, though. I like them. I think the Colts will cover. You know, I think Rivers is going to be motivated. You know, Rivers hasn't really played great in the playoffs. There was one game he played great in the two seasons ago against Baltimore, but that was when he was with the Chargers. Be interesting. It'll be interesting. But it's the first game of the playoffs. 105 Eastern tomorrow, Saturday. We're recording this on a Friday, by the way. Uh, 
That is on your local CBS station. The next game at 440 will be on your local Fox station with the A team of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. By the way, the CBS number two team, or the B team as we call it in the business, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis on the call. You have, but this is the game on Fox. Fox is A team. This is the only game Fox has this weekend in the playoff-wise. The Los Angeles Rams will travel to Seattle where there aren't going to be any fans to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Right now, you got the Seahawks, a three-point favorite, and the over-under is 42. Now, the quarterback situation for L.A., we're still questioning. Jared Goff, the last time these two teams played, which was week 16, so three weeks ago, the last time, or two weeks ago, excuse me, Last time these two teams played, Jared Goff broke his thumb. And they basically, essentially, for Week 17, had a win-and-get-in game to the playoffs, and they had to start John Wofford, formerly of the Alliance of American Football. Um, and he played all right, you know. I think it also helped that Kyler Murray got hurt and had to miss, basically, most of that football game. Um... Jared Goff isn't saying much about his thumb injury. Um, He's good, it sounds like, but no one knows if he's going to play. So this will be a game-time decision, essentially. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I still think the Rams will lose regardless, and I'm making that pick pretty early. Um... Eh. The last time he played, December 27th against Seattle, he had 234 yards, no touchdowns, and interception. But the Rams are getting some pieces back. They get Cooper cut back from the COVID list. Um, who knows if most of their running backs will be back. Tyler Higby's a great tight end. Gerald Everett's a tight end. They got options. Robert Woods, Gerald Everett, they've got options. I don't know. If... The Rams will have a chance if Goff plays. If he doesn't play... Now, here's something to mention about Goff. The dude, the doctor that did the thumb surgery was the same doctor that Drew Bre- that had did Drew Brees' thumb surgery from last season. And Brees came back from that, looked pretty good. So, whenever Goff comes back, whether it be tomorrow, if they win the divisional round, or even next season, he should do fine. But, do you, but for Seattle, with this offense that... For the first three months, of, for the first two months of the season, and even kind of in November, we were saying this could be one of the best teams in football. I thought they were the team that the only team that could beat Kansas City. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, after the Buffalo game, they've kind of looked a little dull. I mean, Russ is forcing footballs into the end zone when you get to the goal line. Russ is unnecessarily forcing balls into the end zone that are picked when you should just throw them away. But they're still, they still can be dangerous. They can still put points up. They got Wilt Russell, you know, wide receiver wise. You have DK Metcalf, strong boy DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, David Moore. They have Will Disley at tight end, Greg Olson. And they use a mix of running backs former Irish dancer Alex Collins, Chris Carson, DJ Dallas. Defensive-wise, you know, I get Legion of Boom feels from the Seattle defense. I mean, they can show up when they want to. Um, Pull up their defense real quick. 
and then we'll get. I'll, I'll let you know who's gonna win the game. Um, they have Carlos Dunlap, one of the better Dean linemen in the league. Jamal Adams. I'm I'm so happy for Jamal Adams. He's been with the Jets the past couple years. Got traded. Um, in the offseason, I believe. You have DJ Reed, Shaq, Keel Griffin. Um, and of course his brothers on the team, Shaquem, Bobby Wagner. They have a scary good defense, and I think they're gonna do harm to the Rams, even if Goff plays. So I like the Rams to cover the free points. It's not it would only be a field goal if they lose. I think they can win by at least four points or more. Even if Goff's in the lineup. Goff might not be at a hundred percent. He might be uncomfortable, even though he has playoff experience. Two years ago, took the Rams to the Super Bowl, but lost the Patriot to the Pats. I like the Ram or the Seahawks to cover all right. Let's get to the next game, and this game will be at eight fifteen. This will be on your local NBC station, and this will be the Notre Dame announced team because NBC has two wild card games this weekend. This will be the Notre Dame announcers. Mike Tirico, who is next in line to get the Sunday night football play-by-play gig whenever Al Michaels retires. It sounds like that'll be after next season. That because when NBC is the Super Bowl. Al Mike Tirico, the former Indianapolis Colts head coach Tony Dungy, will call the game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the five seed. This is the first time, by the way, in Tom Brady's career where he is going into the playoffs as a wild card. Simple simple definition of that, this will be the first time in the playoffs where Tom Brady will not be a part of it. will be in the playoffs, but his team will have not won the division. So the Bucs will travel to Washington to take on the football team. The Washington football team. And Washington, well, let's just talk about the debacle. First off, I'm going to criticize the NFL schedule makers. I think Cardinals and Rams, either way you slice it, was going to be a win and get in game for the playoffs. They should have made that game, regardless of having two second string quarterbacks. That game was more entertaining. That should have been the uh, Sunday night game. Because you would have had the Bears having the weight, um, essentially. Um, this will be an interesting game. You know, Washington played the Eagles. Eagles tanked. We all know Doug Peterson wanted to get the sixth overall pick over the nine. You know, it was, you knew it was evident when, in the fourth quarter when you have a chance to win the game. You bench Jalen Hurts, who's played out of his mind the whole game. For Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld. Doug Peterson didn't want to help the Giants, and maybe it's because, you know, the Giants are more of a rival than the Eagles. I don't care. You try to win the game, and I hope the NFL opens an investigation. And you know what? This started as a dumpster fire, dumpster fire, the Eagles, the night before when it was reported that Doug was going to stay next season. I'm not an Eagles fan, but this team gets me more fired up than my own team. But we're not here to talk about the Eagles. Before I before I keep ranting about how bad Doug Peterson is, I do think he need. Doug Peterson wants to survive. He's got to get rid of Wentz. 
Hurts has to be the starter, and they have to win football games. I think it's NFC East or fire Doug Peterson next season. Uh, or if they win the, or if the NFC East is as bad as it was this year, it's got to be NFC East and win at least a playoff game. Doug should be fired. He just should. But this is about Washington. Washington. I thought they were the best team to win this division when they beat Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. Um, Alex, this is the best story in the league, in my opinion. I think Ron Rivera should get coach of the year. Anyway, because of what this he just had to deal with, you know, turmoil with the ownership. Uh, he had to, for the first couple weeks of the year, he was battling cancer, going in for chemo in the mornings, and then coming to practice, and having to take naps during halftime, even during games, which is unheard of for Ron Rivera, who's got a very military background about him. Um, and then having the deal of Alex Smith coming back, and the Haskins, you know, they should have cut him, they cut him a little bit too soon. I forgot to mention the odds, by the way, for this game. Washington's an eight-point dog. The over/under set at forty-four and a half, but they're doing it. You know, Alex Smith isn't really taking deep shots, but they're relying on checkdowns to Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, the tight end Logan Thomas, and when he fires it mid-range, he's finding Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, and then defense is really what's keeping Washington in it. They have a pretty scary defense. In my humble opinion, you have Chase Young, who will be a Defensive Player of the Year within the next three seasons, in my opinion. He's Aaron Donald level. They have Landon Collins, Kendall Fuller, John Bostick, Montez Sweat. This team is basically, if you are looking for, if you're an Ohio State fan and you're looking for an NFL team to root for, you might want to root for the football team because they have the most Ohio State alums on on here, I mean, from Chase Young to Fuller to McLaurin, and even when they had Haskins, they got a lot. And they also have Marcus Ball. This is Ohio State South, we'll call him. So if you're an Ohio State fan and you are looking for a football team to root for, an NFL team, you might want to heavily consider the football team because, but, to the Buccaneers, you've got Brady, you know, they're still figuring out the Kings. I still think the Bucks are the best. I still think the Bucks can get out of the NFC. They just, they're going to have to play their best football against Green Bay. You know, the first time they played, it was a blowout. But Brady, it seems like he's finally getting a connection with his receivers. You know, Mike Evans... Who hurt his knee bad, but he's practicing. I think he's trying to play this tomorrow night. Um, they have Evans, Godwin. You know, they have Gronk, Cameron Brait, and of course, Antonio Brown. He's fine, who's looking like he's starting to play well. Not quite the Antonio Brown we saw from his Pittsburgh days, but he's getting back, and that's more important, you know? Most important, you know? This will be a fun game to watch. I can't wait. Uh, I have the Bucks winning the football game. I think Washington covers, though. I think Washington's defense can hold Brady. Um, but the Bucks will win the football game. All right, let's move to Sunday. We have, at 105 Eastern, 
on ESPN and also simulcast on your local ABC station. With Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick. Could be the last time we see Lewis Riddick call a football game at ESPN unless he take, if he takes one of these general manager jobs. This quite also possibly, if this will, this will be the game of the week, wildcard weekend. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens travel to Tennessee to take on the AFC South champions. Led by Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, John U. Smith, and the Tennessee Titans. This is my favorite. Oh, odds. It's essentially a pick em right now. Tennessee right now is three-point underdogs. It's going to be a shootout. Over-under is set at 54.5. Derrick Henry, wow. The Titans had the scare of their lives in Week 17. If you watched the red zone or the... We're following the who would win the AFC South Division during the 425 block of games on Sunday. You were probably thinking to yourself, boy, the Titans might lose this division. It, it was sure looking like it, and when that was the case. They were going to be the uh, five seed, it looked like, or the seven seed. Um, and they would have had to play Buffalo or perhaps Indy. Um it was a very fun game to watch. You know, Tennessee blew a lead, but Derrick Henry, back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, hasn't been done in Tennessee since Chris Johnson did it. Henry is on a tear. Tannehill might be, out of the old out of old school quarterbacks, he might be the best of them. Um, I think Tannehill has a chance to win MVP in the next five seasons. Probably won't happen, but I think he's a, he should be definitely in the conversation. Because the receivers there, they might not look like it, but they're elite. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, John U- and the tight ends of John U. Smith and Anthony Ferkser. Down defense, you have Malcolm Butler, who was the Super Bowl hero, made that interception against Seattle in, in his New England days. Logan, well now Logan Ryan's at the Giants. I was going to say Logan Ryan, but he's with the Giants. This, but then on the Ravens side, you know, Lamar, he's starting to finally trust Dez Bryant, and Dez is finally getting into form from the Dallas days. Lamar, I've always said, cannot win the big game, but he can never win in the playoffs. 0-2 in the playoffs. His only two losses came to the Chargers and this Titans team last year in the divisional round. Let me tell you something. When these two teams played earlier in the season, the Ravens-Titans, this was game. This was a fantastic game. Tennessee, two minutes to go, take the game lead, touchdown to take the lead, but Baltimore drove down the field, kicked the game-tying field, where they went to overtime. Baltimore gets the ball to start overtime, they go free and out. Tennessee kicks, they punt to Tennessee. Tennessee drives down the field, and Derrick Henry had a nice 20-yard touchdown run to end the game. That was... A fun game to watch. That was the week before Thanksgiving. Um, this was going to be an interesting game. The The Ravens seem like they're finally getting back into the form that they were in last season. And Lamar's looking like the MVP. And a lot of people are saying to themselves, Oh my goodness, here we go. This is the Ravens. No one wanted to play the, the, no one wants to play the Ravens in the playoffs. Quite frankly. Here we go. I think 
I'm I'm deliberating right now who to pick. I think the key for Tennessee to win this football game, they have to do the same thing they did last year. Long drives, got to be runs. Keep Lamar Jackson in that high-power Ravens offense off the field. You do that, you win the game. Convincingly. This is going to be a thrilling game. I think this time it goes Baltimore's way this time. I think Lamar does it. I think they win the big game. And so we'll see what happens there. I like Baltimore. Uh, Do I like them to cover? Yes, because it's only three points. Let's go to the 440 game. I'm not going to spend as much time on this one because of time. The Chicago is also on your local five. No. This is on CBS. The Ravens-Titans game is on ESPN and ABC. The Chicago Bears travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Game is on your local CBS station. Or if you have kids in the house that are bored by watching football, turn it on Nickelodeon. They're going to have a kid-friendly broadcast. Slime in the end zones. Maybe they'll dump slime on the winning coach when the game's over. I don't know. Uh, But the CBS's A-team of Jim Nance and Tony Romo will call the game. Uh, Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson will call the game on Nick. So you have the Bears... Traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Bears come in as 10-point dogs. The over-under set at 47.5. And And when these two teams played last time, the Bears took the Saints to overtime. Saints won the game. So it's possible the Bears could make a game out of this. And you could make the case that Saints game was when the Bears started started to look good. Mitch Trubinsky has actually turned this team around the final four games. Matt Nagy should get fired. Probably won't because they made the playoffs now. Um... But Trubisky, you know, Allen Robinson is a great receiver. Daryl Mooney's a good receiver. And they have a really good running back in uh, David Montgomery. But, and their defense is still very scary. But the Saints have weapons. Michael Thomas is back. He hasn't had a touchdown this season, though. Or I think he said free. I don't know. I don't think he's had a touchdown. That's hard to believe. But he was out with injury for a couple games. Or most half of the season. Drew Brees... We'll see if he's back in the form after his little rib injury. A lot of people, a lot of people in the league think that this is going to be Breeze's last season. I find that hard to believe unless they hoist the Lombardi this year. That'll be very interesting to see if Breeze retires. But Breeze does have a job already lined up. He signed with NBC to be to work for on their Sunday night football coverage or their NFL coverage. Um Unclear what he'll do yet. I would assume he'll start in the studio, or maybe they're going to slide Collinsworth out the booth. I hope not. I love Collinsworth. But it's unclear what his role will be. I think the initial role I've heard that they most of the NBC analysts are getting now when they join, you do Football Night in America, and you also do Notre Dame games. So that could be why we're seeing Dungy sliding in for this wild card game. We'll see. Uh, but Breeze signed that deal, I think, in the offseason. So he has a job lined up whenever that day comes and he retires. Could it be this season? Could it be this season? Could it be next season? We will see. But the Saints are going to be more motivated. They're at home. Limited number of fans, I think, in attendance. It's either a limited number or it's just friends and family. I like the Saints, but I don't think they cover. I think the Bears will... I think the backdoor cover is going to be alive for the whole game. I like the Bears. Let's get... To the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. My Pittsburgh Steelers. The This game, by the way, is on your local NBC station, 815. Right now, the Browns are six-point dogs. Browns have had a little COVID scare beginning of the week. 
They Their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, tested positive, so he won't be able to be on the sidelines. I know he's working. He's trying to be able to coach the game remotely from his house, but I just don't think they'll allow that. Um, I think that's a be an advantage to the Browns because then he might be able to get camera angles of the all 22. We'll see. So Alex Van Pelt will be the play caller in this game. Um, let me let you know who the active head coach is. The Steelers, of course, you know, these two teams played last week, but the Browns won. And this is the Browns making the playoffs isn't just good for Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. It's good for the whole state of Ohio. If you're a Bengals fan, you should be happy about this. Um, now, good news today. The Browns had one positive, but the guy was already on the high-risk close contact list. It was an assistant. So all the Browns tests yesterday and today came back negative. The game is on track to be played on time. Um, we'll see what happens. Steelers are getting their weapons back. Ben Roethlisberger, the problem wasn't Ben is aging when they struggled. It was It's Randy Feekner. Okay? If you watched the Colts game and you saw all of a sudden in the second half, the Steelers started airing out. Ben has an arm. Well, Ben was calling. Ben was getting the cold plays from the OC, but he didn't listen to the OC. He was calling him himself that whole second half. Uh, so, you had that going on. Um, so, there you go. Feekner's, Feekner's the problem. And I think Mike Tomlin should notice that and fire Feekner when the season's over. But, the Browns acting head coach will be Mike Prefer. Prefer. We'll see. Alex Van Pelt will call... Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt will call the plays and places to Fansky. So there you go with that. Steelers, though, they look very good. They have Juju. They have Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool. Eric Ebron, who's going to be back from the COVID list. Best defense in the league, and I'm not even being biased when I say that. When you have Cam Hayward, uh, Stephon Tewitt, who's out. Robert Splane who, when Devin Bush got hurt, filled in and has played elite football. He's supposed, he's going to, it sounds like he's expected to return this weekend. Um, and then that's secondary. Mike Hilton, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. No Joe Hayden because he uh, tested positive for COVID on Friday. Not today, but last Friday or Saturday. Making him out for this game because the protocol is, if you have a positive COVID test, it's 10 days before you're minimum before you're allowed to come rejoin the team. So, be an interesting game. You know, the Browns, They after they lost to the Jets, they looked so much better with their receiving group back of Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, uh, tight ends, Austin Hooper, and Joku, David and Joku, and Harrison Bryant. But I believe Harrison Bryant's on the COVID list. So, we'll see. I like the Steelers, but I like the Browns to cover. All right. Law. Right now, going to make the announcement, judging on time, we will not have a food of the week. Sorry to disappoint, but we're 35 minutes in and we have to get to the college football playoff national championship game. Let me pull the odds up real quick. Ohio State did have a little bit of a COVID scare. There was talks they'd be without a whole position group. Sounds like, and there was talks of moving the game. Ryan Day yesterday did say, however... 
that it looks like we're going to be fine, um, and they look forward to playing the game. I would assume they're gonna, that the teams will be flying to Miami soon, and when I mean the teams, I am talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Right now, the Buckeyes are nine-point dogs, but the over and un- under is set at what is going to be a record for the national championship, 75-and-a-half. The key for Alabama, the key if Jalen Waddle plays, it's game over for the Buckeyes. And as I've stated on here before, I'm a big Buckeye fan. But if Jalen Waddle plays, when they said he was going to be out for the season, <sighs> tough news for Ohio State. Now, Ohio State looked absolutely phenomenal against Clemson. They looked like a national championship team. No one had ever beaten Trevor Lawrence that bad, other than Joe Burrow and LSU in the national championship game last year. We're going to see. Because Ohio State now looks pretty good. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. By the way, the game is at 8, eight o'clock. It's on ESPN, but there's a mega cast. So if you want to watch ESPN 2, you're going to want to have the football game. They're going to have a CFP film room. It's going to be mostly the NFL live crew. Uh, I believe they have the coaches film room with some college, former college and active college coaches on ESPN News. If you want the Alabama radio call, you can watch the SEC network. Uh I forget what ESPNU's offering. I, they're offering something. Uh, I forget what it is, though. Um, they will have... I think they're having... They're they're airing the Skycam. Skycast, which is basically the Skycam. They should air the Command Center, which is my favorite when I, they do these megacasts. It's, um, it's a broadcaster's dream. You have on the right side of the screen... You have what's on the actual broadcast. On the left side, it's the sky cam. And then you have the team stats and the player stats uh, that fill up the rest of the screen and the and the camera on the head coaches. It's so beautiful. But, so you have that. You have on the ESPN app, you have the command center I just mentioned. You have the Ohio State radio call. You have the data center, which is basically just a bunch of stats um, it, that from ESPN stats and info and tweet live tweets from the game going on. You have the RefCast, which is going to be ESPN, uh, some former referees breaking down the game from a referee perspective. They'll tell you if this was a good call, a bad call, whatever, what the ref should have done different on that play. You also have the All-22 camera, which is the whole field. Uh, you can see all 22 players. And you also have the High Sky cam as well. So, And if you have 4K TV and you have Direct TV. They will be airing the Skycam in 4K, um, letting you know. But Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet will call the game. Uh, I believe Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge will call the game on ESPN Radio. Be a fun game to watch. This is normally the one night of the year where the ESPN app crashes So at 8 o'clock. So I look forward to the ESPN app, ESPN app crashing at 8 o'clock. And then not be available for a good 45 minutes. And you have to find a way to watch the game. Uh, As a fan, I want to pick Ohio State. As a fan, I want to pick them. 
But I just don't see how you're beating Bama. If the Buckeyes will have a chance if Jalen Waddle doesn't play. So we'll see. But the Buckeyes, you know, they close they close as like eight, seven, eight point dogs against Clemson. And they were motivated by that. Ryan Day will tell you that. So they're gonna be motivated. They were like nine point dogs against Bama the first time these two teams played in the playoff semis back in twenty fifteen. I I can't wait to watch this game. Uh I'll just give you a quick food of the week. Onion rings. Very good, delicious. Go get you some onion rings. If you're in New York City, go to Junior's and get yourself some onion rings. Or they make good onion rings uh, at Burger King. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on places that have good onion rings. Coney Island in Newcastle. Oh my gosh, I love onion rings. I don't eat onions, but I'll eat them if they're deep fried and shaped like a circle. Onion rings. Stay safe. Wear a mask. The vaccines... They need to get distributed faster. And it sounds like they will. This is Sports Bar Talk. Where we do indeed have the best seat in the